I'm Mel Stewart, and this is the Swim Swam Podcast. Joining me today is the chief executive of one of the most successful national governing bodies on the planet. Do your research. You'll be hard-pressed to find a more successful national governing body based on population and output of talent. Today, we have CEO of British Swimming, Jack Buckner. Nice to be here. Yeah, I, I appreciate you saying nice to be here. You know, some I, I had to, the last time I, I did one of these with the CEO, it was with Tim Henchy at USA Swimming, and he just sat there. And I, I had to tell him, you know, you got to cheer, you got to say thanks, you got to say something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he picks it up. For, for our listeners out there, I want to talk about something that is, um, that is, might surprise you, and I, and I can use Jack as an example. When, when SwimSwim launched, we were, most people assumed that we were a domestic U.S.-based audience, and we were for about two years. But this is what's happening in the sport of swimming. We have seen those numbers entirely tip. We're about 50-50 now, 50 U.S., 50 international, and a large portion of that comes from British swimming. So I, we, we're, we're highly motivated to talk to you, Jack, and dig in because <laughs> uh, your people are listening. Good. Well, it, that's that's a fantastic. And congratulations on everything you've done. I mean, that's a real success story, and it's it's nice. I mean, one of the things I love about sport and I'm passionate about is the kind of international flavour of sport. And well, I love the Olympics, and I love all sport. I love the whole kind of international feel to it. It's 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 a wonderful thing. I, our, our listeners in 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 Britain probably know this, but they don't in the United States. Um, but just to, just so people have some context on you, um, your we're Olympic peers, and uh, in the 1980s, you're a 5K uh, European Championship uh, gold medalist, and you're also a bronze medalist at World Championships in 1987, European Championships of 1986. Um, you you also, before you came in and, and to helm British Swimming, you were the CEO of British Triathlon. So you, you, you're coming in seasoned. And for, for as much as I was singing your praises on, on the lead in, I can't give it all to you. David Sparks <laughs> helmed British swimming for 23 years. And, and I feel like we're, we're sort of living in a moment where this is, uh, I don't want to call, I don't know if it's the honeymoon period, but this is the, the, the darling star time for British swimming. This is a big moment. Does it feel like that in, in, in inside your, with your team and your culture? I think it's, um, it's a really interesting time because, you know, I'm first of all, I love I love sport and I love Olympic sport, but it it, it feels like I don't want to get carried away, but we're off the back of the trials, and it, it feels like things are going well, you know. And and I'm a massive advocate of performance sport and coaching and culture, and and it feels like it's going in a good direction, but you never quite know, do you? And um, I mean, you know, we will all watch your trials and, you know, and, and what happens. And I mean, the thing about Olympic sport is standards rise across the board. And maybe that's the thing that's surprising at the moment is that we put in some good performances, but so are others. And despite what's happened in the last year, 18 months, performance sports standards are rising. And, and I find that really amazing, really, given everything we've been through, that these you know, wonderful young people are continuing to, to push things forward. And that, that that's great. So it is an exciting time, but none of us are getting carried away at all. So, I mean, there are so many hurdles between here and Tokyo, you know, I mean, um, it's not, it's going to be a massive challenge. And I think for all of us, just getting a team to Tokyo with everything we've been through is an achievement in itself. 
I, I want to get into that. I want to get into the, 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 the trials and, and, and the hurdles that you've had to manage as, as CEO. But before we do that, we need to throw some red meat to the swimming nerds and, uh, and give them some inside information. So we covered um, British swimming trials the way we cover all trials around the world. And, it's, um, and I can tell you that our, our traffic is at the top level. It, uh, everyone tunes in, everyone's watching British swimming. And as soon, there, there were a lot of key moments, but we'll, just, we'll, we'll surmise it saying that the men's 200 freestyle, when that happened, my phone started blowing up. And I'm talking to Olympic peers, I'm talking to coaches, I'm talking to people at USA Swimming. And the, the thought is, uh, this is the British Swimming is the favorite to win the four by 200 freestyle relay. That, that was an extraordinary, just one example of, 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 of swimming coming out of a country of a population of 68 million. Well, yeah, I, you know, we want to downplay that a bit. Okay. So <laughs> we don't want to get too carried away. Um, uh, so yeah, it was a brilliant way to finish the meet. It was a fantastic way to finish the meet. And, and, you know, we were all on the edge of a seat and it was amazing really because it was an empty arena and yet there still felt like there was a real proper atmosphere, even though there were no spectators. So it, it, it had a lovely, yeah, it, it felt amazing. Um, at, but we, we'd rather just, you know, we're Brits. We're not like you, man. We want to just downplay it a bit and just take a time. And there's a long way to go. And we're not, we, we don't, we'd rather be underdogs. I mean, we're always underdogs to the Americans and Australians. So we, we much prefer it that way. We're, we're going to have the relay on um, coming up pretty soon and, and, and talk to each, each member of the, of, of the relay. And, uh, so we'll dive a little deeper into the four by two and all of the other events on the run up to Tokyo. I understand the experience because I'm based in the U.S. I understand what's been going on with USA Swimming, um, and you know this has been a we have to pay due respect to what we've gone through. This is the biggest moment since the pandemic of uh, back in 1919, 1920, uh, 1918. But it's a everything shut down here. And it was uh, it was extraordinarily difficult. It seems as though under the Trump administration, uh, U.S. citizens were out and about, maskless, and uh, what's to say restrictions weren't quite as harsh. It seems like they were they were a lot tougher in in the U.K. Is is it? Could you could you give us an inside look as to what you were dealing with last year, trying to keep your athletes in the pool and keep them training safely? Yeah, I mean it, it was it was. You know, it, it just, I mean, I think for all of us, it was this kind of massive escalating crisis. And then when we went into lockdown and the first time we went into lockdown, I mean, nobody knew any of the rules. We were in lockdown. And so pretty much everything stopped. And, and uh, you know, it just, I mean, the, the, it was just a, a uncanny, you know, the, the streets were quiet and no one there and, 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 and everyone was in lockdown. It was almost like, is everyone safe and, 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 and all of that. So, we, we went into a hard lockdown and fairly quickly, I mean, performance sports people are brilliant. They're adaptable and we adapted to it. And then we, um, we pushed hard through, through the government to get, to, to get some kind of way of getting our swimmers back in. And, and we managed to get an elite athlete exemption. So we managed to get kind of a group of Olympians and then the, and we had these you know, massive protocols, like a 50-page protocol. And essentially, we got initially 
our two performance centres, Loughborough and Bath, and then Loughborough and Bath and the Scottish one, Stirling, up and, and running. So we got we got got them back in the water. Um, but it was it was you know the protocols and the process and you know the sign-offs with public health and and who's in and who isn't. I mean, it was you know it, it was incredibly stressful. I started in about the February. I started, uh, I said, look, this, this is a crisis now. So I started every Tuesday at 11 o'clock, a COVID call. And I just said, just we'll get everyone on it who needs to be on it. And we're sat here now, 21st of April, and we still got our Tuesday morning COVID call. And, uh, and, and I can't wait to see everyone who's been on that call because the way the agenda's changed and now we're, obviously people are back in the water so there's different pressures but now we're worried about flights and travel and getting to Tokyo so so it's been hugely challenging and I guess it's a massive tribute to the organization we've managed to adapt and move forward and be fleet to foot and I think make some pretty pretty good decisions when I look back on it you know um, it's not perfect but I'm pretty comfortable with the decisions we've made and the pressure and then all the costs and things and it's like it's massive drinks round where everybody owes everybody money and you kind of how do you work our way through that and keeping the business going and furlough schemes gosh it's it's been extraordinary really I, I feel from a financial standpoint swim swam is sort of like the canary in the coal mine um mm. i feel like we feel the the market of the aquatic of aquatic sports yeah. and we feel it sooner than ngbs do and then ngbs mm. will feel it about three to six months later yeah. I, I found that our, our experience, and I and I, we were talking closely with USA Swimming, but um, we had few adjustments and and write downs on agreements last year. Mm. Um, but they we kept adjusting agreements and partnerships, which uh, in in our in our ecosystem that 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 underwrites the the sport of swimming, and um, we're feeling it into this year, and it's starting to. I feel like the market is just now opening up. And um, I feel like contracts are coming back. I can see them coming back in full by the spring of 22. Um, something that's different is uh, I, I know that you have your public funding and in, in, in the United States where it's, it's registration and it is it's sponsorships. Um, Tim Hinchy at USA Swimming had to actually, he, he opened up the foundation and we, he started supporting clubs with, with money yeah. um, and support. Uh, what, what's the experience been like on, on your side? And, and is, is that, if, or with public funding, is it not a problem? No, it's been a problem because the public funding has got squeezed. I mean, it, 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 but again, having that public funding has been really helpful. So, you know, in our case, it's UK sport and we, we've managed that, but, but we've got less and we've got uh, pressures, as you say, commercial pressures, and we're linked closely in around membership with the home nation. So, so we've really felt it. And, and we felt burlesque, but it, it's good you say that because I, I, I mean, I, I don't know, we don't know what the future holds, but I definitely feel that when you look at it, health and well-being and communities at the heart of at the heart of it. And, that, and that's I'm not just a sport person. I just genuinely believe that. And people really value uh, the health. They really value the well-being. And all the people I talk to say, do you know what? what it's going to come back the whole health and well-being thing and I, and I, I just i would say literally since the vaccine almost in the last month or so you know as certainly over here the vaccination and you know things are opening up again and it, it just just feels we're moving forward now obviously that may change but i still think people are optimistic about the future 
and about the health and well-being and the importance of health and well-being in their lives. So I'm hoping and I'm hoping as part of that journey, the Olympics is another positive moment, you know, um, to on that journey, you know, towards young people and health and well-being and all of that. In the United States, swimming is a is a is a dominant sport. It's it's a, it's a it's you know the, one of the top three tier sports in 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 Britain. Where does swimming fit in? Is swimming a, is swimming a you know where does it where does it fit into the sport ecosystem in terms of support and because uh, it ultimately it ends it that ends up with commercial dollars and support. Where are you at? Well, I mean, I'll be very open here. I mean, over here, it's the great, the great god of football or the great god of soccer, you know. So, so um, I mean, it's been, you know, and um, seen it all, all, all my life, really. Um, you just, you know, football, soccer just dominates the landscape. And um, I worked at Adidas for a long time and we had all these marketing plans. And then the guy from football or soccer would come in and we'd all go, oh, sorry, it's, oh, we'll just tear up our plans. And, and it really feels like, um, 90% of the coverage is football or soccer. Maybe five, you know, maybe that's an exaggeration, maybe 80%, and then 5% is cricket, 5% is rugby. And then Olympic sports is, you know, really squeezed. And I, I think, and it's not just speaking about the swimming, I think the Olympic movement, we haven't done a good enough job in the next last 20 years. I, I really feel we haven't done a good enough job, you know, and, um, we, we need to roll up our sleeves and become better because the product we've got is sensational. And every time it comes on, people love it, but we don't do a good enough job. So, so I, it, we are well down the pecking order and it's something, it's a personal frustration of mine. Um, but I also think you can't just whinge about it. We've got to do something about it. And I really believe Olympic sport and Paralympic sport needs to work better together. We need to aggregate more things. We need to develop a better product we need to pull together events and things and marketing strategies. And so I think we really need to do that. And that's something I think, you know, it happens once every four years, doesn't it? And then we disappear off the radar again. And it's a bit of a frustration. For, for a very, very long time in the United States. And, and also, I think there was an effect globally. We had Michael Phelps. Uh, yeah. But it seems uh, looking, you know, staring over the pond, that Adam Peaty is your Michael Phelps. I, I can tell you that if we report on Adam Peaty, the, the, the traffic needle goes, to the, goes into the red. It goes all the way over. Uh, mm. This is an exciting athlete. What does that mean uh, for a governing body and in terms of, of impacting registration and, and new swimmers wanting to – British swimmers, kids want, wanting to participate? Well, I think it really helps. And I think you're right. I mean, again, without noise, but, but it's, uh, we did, you know, well, you'll know better than me, probably, you know, Adam, Adam did two of the top 10 fastest times in history in, in our trials last week. So he now has the 20 fastest times in history. And I think Usain Bolt had seven or something. So, I mean, that's just, you know, um, but it's interesting because we were really excited because we, you know, uh, James Wilby's doing pretty well now, Molly Renshaw. So it feels like, um, you know, and I, I go down to the, the pool in Loughborough and watch him train. And it, so it feels like um, if you can have someone like that, um, it does, first of all, at the elite level, it, it shows, you know, if, you, if you're swimming in the next lane or you're training nearby, it, it just raises the bar, you know. So I, I feel if you can, if you can 
you know, harness his, his talent, it, it should it should help push the team up in, in the relays and things like that. So there's that effect. And then there's also the effect of wanting to, as you say, wanting to be like him. So I, I agree. He is, he he's a global star. He's an incredible young man and, and just hope he can keep going. And, you know, obviously he's a, he's a dad now, but he, he seems as resolute as ever, which is, which is amazing. In, in terms of the, uh, in terms of activation of sponsorships, which is really nuts and bolts. This is, this is the world we live in. I, I'm, I'm not in the same boat as you, but I, I probably live parallel lives in, in terms of what is top of mind for me. I, I'm trying to service our sponsors. I'm trying to service vendors and everyone who supports the sport and keep them happy and keep this humming along. That has been extraordinarily hard. I, I, how, how, are, how, are you, how are you handling these partnerships and activation while everyone's remote and few people are in the office? So we obviously we you know you know a lot of the contracts we have were linked into rights that we aren't able to li- deliver because we didn't have events and things like that. But what we tried really we, we tried to work on when we and we've had limited resources and people on furlough. So we we tried to activate digitally, you know, and and we we've, we've done okay at that. You know, we've managed to activate digitally more, and we've. Uh, done a lot more on social media and Instagram and Twitter and and we actually did stuff we shot stuff at home and things like that so we've um we've done what we can and and I mean this whole thing of engagement and storytelling which is you know so we've worked hard at that and and we've we've actually managed to protect protect income um just about um so we've done okay I would say uh, but it is it is difficult because um you know and again you look ahead to the future and and Obviously, next year, there's so many events next year, it, it's going to be hard to stand out from the crowd again. So um, I, I would say we've done okay, but it, let's not hide from the fact it's a huge struggle. And when, you haven't, when, you're not, when you're not having events and you can't have teams and competition, it really is difficult. And so it has been a struggle. And the other thing we found a struggle is the whole broadcast platform and, and you know, getting the sport on TV and... Um, that's been challenging too because the media landscape has changed so much and we've been live streaming and things like that, but it's so hard to build an audience now uh, and, and the broadcasters are under pressure and, and that's a whole other area which has been really, really challenging for us. That, that's, a, that's a problem globally. And I think if, yeah. you're measuring your, if you're measuring your audience by eyeballs watching a live event, you're yeah. missing the boat. Uh, yeah. Everyone's consuming in 30, 60 yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're consuming in small bites, mm. but I, I can tell you, I've noticed a lift and I've noticed uh, a lot more content coming out of, out of the UK and, and, and great content and great narrative. And of course we interface with your communication folks mm. and they're, they're, they've done a great job. So okay. there is, we, we, we sort of like this, the Switzerland of swimming cause it all flows <laughs> into swim swam. And I, so I know Jack, I know who's working. I know who's got their nose to the grindstone and I know who doesn't and you guys do. So I, oh, I talked nice to, I t- I talk to you. Um, I talked to somebody, you know, Mark Spitz. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a name. We ha- we're men of a certain age. So <laughs> I'm, we're going to leave it at that. But mm-hmm. Mark Spitz, I talked to Mark Spitz because, um, and I talked to IOC contacts and I talked to, I talked to the top line people and uh, and and also talk to our mutual friend Tim Hinchy, mm. and uh, and, I, and I think that everybody listening out there is is, is they're saying ask him about the Olympics. Mm. 
Jack, do you think we're going to have an Olympics? Because I've asked everybody else, yeah, and I, I mean, I'd, I'd like to hear your response, and then I, I can tell you what I'm hearing. So I think um, every time we ask that question, we're told, uh, so, so the BOA, Team GB, they said there is not going to be a time this year, there's not going to be a time this year when we don't have an Olympics. And, and the message we get every single time is there will definitely be an Olympics, but it's going to be a very different Olympics. And, um, you know, it, it's, you know, it's going to, so our message is the Olympics will definitely be happening, but it's going to be a very different Olympics. And, and it's not, you know, certainly I, I spent about a week in a bubble, you know, and that's, uh, you know, when we did it last, last week and it's just, it's really different experience and I find it incredibly hard. And I think it, it's just going to be really different, you know? I've this that's the message I've heard from everyone that's the so the lead-in with Mark Spitz and contacts at the IOC and contacts at, at, our, at our friends at FINA and the uh everyone has said the same thing it's the same message and um you know the, I, I heard it the earliest from from our buddy Tim mm. it's uh are you going and how big of a team is your team? You know, do you know what the team was like in in, in 16 and like it, are you pared down? Yeah, in terms no, think, of staff and support staff, what's what's going to happen on the British swimming side? I mean, so I'm personally not going to go. Um, um, so we're going to put as much as we can in the in the team, you know. So, I mean, being blunt, I, if, if there's another, phys, you know, we're going to be tight on numbers. We're going to be tight on space. So I, I, I just um, I feel it, 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 you want to get as many swimmers as you can, and then as many support staff and coaches, and you want people you want people in that environment who are who are can-do people, who are problem solvers, who are multi, who can just deal with whatever's thrown at them. So you need a certain approach in that environment. And I just think also, I mean, so I'm, I'm not going to go because I don't think I actually being blunt add a lot of value. And the second thing is I'd feel if I went and something happened to me, I would feel a complete idiot, you know, because I just think I didn't, you know, I'm better off trying to, you know, watch and, and be be available to support really so um which is a pity i'm going to really really miss it because it's the first one i missed in a long time and but but it, anyway the experience will be different you'll be spending an awful lot of time in your hotel, hotel room and not you know it, it's not going to be the same thing that is a refreshing answer i don't know that i would get the same answer from ceos at other ngbs i, I i'm something tells me you're an outlier i can tell you based on my experience that at the actual show, the big event on the big stage, the CEO might be the the, the person. He definitely cufflinks, definitely not necessary. Um, but for, but if you're but also within the, that culture of the Olympics, while it's happening, it is so chaotic. There's so much walking around. There's so much. You, you, I've 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 gone to Olympics and I've been at home for Olympics and I've found that I've been far more effective at home communicating digitally uh in terms of in terms of moving toward mission goals so uh bravo i'm 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 glad to hear that in in terms of in terms of your experience uh you know this is it's a standard question but in terms of like hurdles that you've had to deal with in terms of running events just nuts and bolts um you just had your trials there were no fans but what was the experience like did did you come out did you have any did, did anyone come out infected with covid are you, well, you do you have a success rate what's you know what did you like what did you not like so it actually went i mean we've done really well we haven't had any anything i mean we did the whole thing you know we created a bubble testing as you go in you have to stay in the bubble 
no, and basically you go from the hotel to the pool with no, um, with no, you know, I, I, you, you take meals to your room, you know, so there's no communal experience, um, you know, masks in the arena, you know, ins and outs and, you know, kind of protocols, all that kind of stuff and no-go areas, uh, things like limited, you know, limited numbers in lanes for warm-up. So really, really strict. So there are a lot, a lot of very strict protocols, which they kept to. So it, it was good. I mean, I think... Um, I think that the sense was the fact we got it going, there was actually a really good atmosphere. Everyone was there, was there for a purpose and they were committed and everyone was really sensible. It was a very um, rigid environment, um, but actually people kept to it, which was good. And the other thing which was really interesting is obviously the competition was brilliant. And there was some great, great swims. What we did was um, we had this debate, you know, in an empty arena, do we do post-race interviews? And... I'm, I'm so glad we did because it, it it means you know people every everyone on the planet's had an experience and and these 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 swimmers have had experiences and 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 the sense of like emotional drama and the care that you know so the, the post race interviews were brilliant I mean I was in tears in most of them because you know the thanks and the sincerity of it and the, the gratefulness for the opportunity and you think wow it's you know there's been so much negativity out there seeing, seeing these swimmers get up do a great swim speak about their families and friends and that it was just it was lovely I was I was pretty emotional actually over the whole thing so that that was really really nice in terms of uh in, in terms of coming out of this year what, what are you hoping that what do you think what have you learned so far what are you hoping to gain because I think that every time we have a, a moment of struggle I do think we get better yeah. um what have you learned what have you gained what's um what, sh what shifted your point of view? I think um, I think there's been a lot. You know, we can we can be far more adaptable. You know, you know, we we probably in some ways over plan and are a bit rigid. So we can be far more adaptable. You know, in our lives, far more flexible. You know, this medium can work. Um, we can do things faster. You know, so probably we probably and maybe simpler as well. When I look at some of the thing, events we've done, you know, we've done and delivered events in sort of a quarter of the time, you know, so we can actually be quicker and we probably make things more complex than we need to. And, and also I think you suddenly realize actually there's loads of stuff we can do really fast, like this interview or things like that. And, you know, get on a zoom, make a decision, move on. So um, I, I can't find that quite liberating, you know, and I hope we don't go back to a world where we over plan with too much, too much process and I think we're way more connected so you know um things like that have happened and it's been really interesting with the swimmers because they've had to adapt a lot more too haven't they and all the sports people have yet they seem still to be producing performances so so maybe it's challenging some prevailing orthodoxies in in coaching and I, I'm not an expert at that but you just think that's quite interesting too isn't it that there's maybe different ways of doing things and different ways of doing elite sport and jobs and that so I find that all quite exciting so the big question is, uh, I've covered most of my topics, but will you come back on the Swim Swam pod and, and keep us posted? Because uh, we, we, you're good for Swim Swam. No, no, that's very kind of you. No, I really enjoyed it. Um, and um, yeah, of course, of course. I mean, uh, you know, we, we're going to kind of go back in now. And um, obviously the focus is on Tokyo and um, 
we'll see how that goes. I mean, there's still a long way to go. And I mean, just, you know, all our divers are just on the plane to Tokyo and then they're coming back to the Europeans in Budapest and, you know, all that stuff of flights and risks. So there's, there's still lots of risks out there for all of us. So um, we, it's still going to be a bumpy ride, I think. You are a athletics star, a track and field star, if you're listening in the United States. Um, what do you do for fitness? That's out of curiosity. Are you, are you in the pool? Are you on the track? Yeah, I mean, I'm a bit of, I, I don't know about yourself, but I'm a bit of a, a knackered old runner. You know, I often joke if I was a racehorse, they'd probably shoot me. So whenever I try and run, I break down. So I do swim and I do, and the bike's far more forgiving. So um, I tend to do a fair bit on the bike because I like my exercise outdoors. Um, uh, but, but it, you know, if I can run, but I, I like, I like, I like to compete so you know I'm, I'm one of these sorry people who are really I just like to know whether I've won or lost you know so I'll play squash or I'll play cricket or I'll do anything you know so I need to kind of channel that primeval desire for competition into something <laughs> that keeps me sane so so yeah I'll do, I mean if, if, if I had more time I would do sport all day long. There is one more topic that I meant to cover and it's a great way to close and it's something that is foundational that in, in most countries and uh, I think Australian swimming, uh, swimming Australia has probably, they're the best at it, learning in the United States, but there's a connection between, of course, learn to swim, water yeah. safety, and uh, feeding that into our registration base. Um, what, 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 is, what is it like in, in the UK and, and how effective are you at the governing body level in, in, in impacting learn to swim positively? I think we're really good. It's slightly different because our organizational structure is we do that through England, Scotland and Wales, so through the home nation. So we're actually a little bit more, you know, we have separate, but actually they, they do a really good job. So, um, you know, the Learn to Swim programs in England, Scotland and Wales are really good. They're really connected into the community. And I absolutely agree with you. You know, it's, it's the sport that's a life skill. And I guess that's one of the sort of things from a comms perspective that we will be talking about, you know, youngsters not being able to swim and the, the, the danger of that so uh, and the other aspect of it which I really like which again is is it genuinely is cradle to grave my mum's in New Zealand and she's in her late 80s and she swims twice a week you know so uh, that's what I do love about it I love that thing of cradle to grave which I think is 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 more encompassing in in swimming than any sport You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam podcast on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.